0: Hi, I'm Tracy with Spilling the Tea, and I'm so excited to introduce you today to Kelly Dorman. She's my dear friend from a long time ago, and we're gonna show you how she's gone from farm girl to world changer. Kelly, I'm so excited to have you. Well, I'm excited to be here, Tracy. We had so much fun at dinner the other night that uh, yeah. that's kind of where this whole, this whole thing came from As we started talking about how we could solve the entire world and yeah. make it a better place. And so it's exciting yeah. to actually be here today yeah. to
1: actually talk about those things. I know. I'm so excited. I firmly believe that if I ruled the world... I would be well. <laughs> it's just my belief. Spoke it like a true queen.
0: <laughs> like a Leo. <laughs> I love it. You want to start with tea? I would love to. So you,
1: which one did you choose? The raspberry blend. Be careful to hold the lid whenever you pour it. Okay, let me first get some sugar because okay. I like things super sweet. What about you? you want I do sugar? too. Actually, I don't drink mine with sugar. <gasps> you don't? <laughs> I firmly believe there's something wrong with people who drink their coffee black or their tea with no sugar. <laughs> i just well i will so agree with you I mean, there's next, definitely something wrong with me next you're gonna tell me you don't like animals but you know what you're gonna give me sugar no, okay go ahead no, put the no, sugar in there look,
0: i'll do this but look i got a cookie because i sat there and looked at how pretty you made the plate <gasps> mm-hmm. and i was like
1: i gotta have a cookie yeah okay do you want me to pour some tea yes please okay. oh look at that oh it's gorgeous it is so
0: pretty
1: yes but it Oh, it smells so good. I'm gonna mm. let mine cool off just a bit. This so, is my first time trying your tea. Well, and I
0: thought it was so cool this morning when you were you were telling me the other day about uh-huh. that tea that you yeah. love so much, and then you yeah. thought it was strawberry. I
1: did. And
0: then you were like, it's raspberry. I know. And and it said raspberry and hibiscus. Uh-huh. Well, guess what's in here? Hibiscus. Ras- raspberry oh my and hibiscus. Gosh. It actually has more hibiscus than anything. so okay. it, And it's super good for you. Okay, so let's talk about, one of the things that we were talking about the other night is mm-hmm. just how small changes mm-hmm. in, in humans really
1: can make mm-hmm. an impact
0: on the world. Mm-hmm. Tell me your thoughts on that.
1: It's so true. Um, you know, I firmly believe in the power of one person and their ability to make change, you know, within their own community. A lot of times people think, So, um, you know, they think about the whole state or the whole country or the whole world, and then they get overwhelmed and they end up doing nothing at all. So for me, it's really important to recognize how important individual connections are and just how much one person can change even one person's life. So tell the
0: audience a little bit about your background. Because we've known each other for a long time. I was trying to remember, like, it's been at least... I would say... I mean, Carson is 13, almost 13. So it was before Carson was born.
1: Yeah. Well, I started at my current job in 09. Okay. And I had been, I worked with you right. three years prior to that, right? Wow. So maybe 06. Oh my gosh. Okay, long, so that that It doesn't seem like time yeah.
0: as it should have been that long no, ago. No, no. So tell everybody about, because you grew up in a really unique mm-hmm. environment.
1: <laughs> I did. Um, I grew up on a farm. And when I was little, we had hogs and barn tobacco and all that. And so then eventually the farm transitioned to a turkey farm. And um, my dad did some crops and he had some cattle. And I went away to college. Um, I went to Campbell. And then not long after that, I moved to the beach. I always knew my soul needed the ocean Mm -hmm. and I needed to be close to the water. And I ended up here, and I've been here ever since. Isn't it a great place to live? It is. Like the sunsets are just so surreal, and they're just moments of calm. And I really, especially over this last year, have tried to make an effort to, you know, chase them a little bit more. So I like, the, I love
0: sunsets as well, mm-hmm. but I love sunrises, mm-hmm. and so for years I've made my kids like get up, like I'll yeah. set my timer and be like, okay, yeah. the sunrise is at 6.02, <laughs> and we would get up, and you know what, uh-huh. every single time they would complain about, oh, I don't want to go, I don't care about the sunrise, mm-hmm. and then we would get there, and, and they would always yeah. say the same thing, thank yeah. you for making us do this. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, okay, so, and then what are you doing now? I um Well, you a, <laughs> have
1: kind of a conglomeration of things that you do. I'm, I'm a lot. I have hands in a lot of different pots, but I am a social worker with Child Protective Services, and I have been for the last 13 years. And I recently transitioned into the role of the Child Welfare Training Supervisor. So now I train all of our baby social workers um, and work on equipping them with everything they need to be successful in their work with the families in our community. And then in my spare time, um, I volunteer with really three different amazing rescue organizations, Misplaced Mutt, Silent Cat Allies, and Beaufort Community Cat Project. And we work really hard to make a difference in the overpopulation of animals within our community here in Carteret County. And then I foster with misplaced mutts, I love watching your post yeah. to see like <laughs> how many cats
0: does she have today. And I was cracking up the other night when we were um, at dinner with Shar, uh-huh. and you were like, "Tell tell everybody about how you you were going to go for just a walk or with uh-huh. a dinner or walk." And
1: uh-huh. <laughs> yes, um, my friend Shar. <laughs> had no clue what she was getting into (laughs) when I said, hey, I need to go set some traps tonight. (laughs) And she's like, oh, I'll go with you. (laughs) And her face when we got there, I mean, I literally was crawling through the woods setting these traps. And then you're kind of in not-so-great places, so you may feel a little unsafe, but I'm just so used to them. I just barrel right on in, (laughs) go, and... um, Courageous. Yeah, I guess. For a cause. For a cause, always. You know? Always. Yeah. Your
0: whole your whole
1: face lit up when I said for a mm-hmm. cause,
0: and you are like, for a cause. It's Always. true.
1: I know. One of my favorite t-shirts says, work for a cause, not applause. Oh. And that is just so important. It because is. Because it's not about, you know, it's not about recognition. It's truly about, you know, I have been fortunate in that I've identified ways I can make a difference that I'm passionate about. And that's what I would just encourage every person to do. What would you say to that person that's sitting home thinking about, well, I just don't know how I can, I don't know what I'm passionate about. How Mm -hmm. do you find your passion? Mm -hmm. Well, we always let ourselves off the hook. We come up with all the reasons why we can't get up off the couch and do it, right? We think someone else has got it. Someone else is going to fix it. We see a problem and it gives us comfort to think, okay, that's not my problem. It doesn't have to be. But instead of looking at it as a problem, look at it as an opportunity for you to grow and for you to make a difference. Mm -hmm. Um, There's so much within our community. There's so much need. Animals, children, families, there's so many people struggling. And I just think that we all have a role in that. And I think go out and volunteer. 10 different organizations. So we talked about this the other night and you were
0: telling me about this particular person that was. I was trying to think what her. You, oh, you said that. You're telling me a story about how they just adopted an entire family. Yes. For it was for Christmas. Yes. Right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Monica. Okay. So yes. t- tell me about Monica because yes. it, I will be honest with you. When you said that, mm-hmm. I was convicted. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, Tracy, mm-hmm. why are you not doing mm-hmm. something like that? So mm-hmm. you telling yes. me the story of Monica was yeah. like, I and I think I said to you, put yeah. me on the list. Like yes. I can totally you do did. that.
1: You did. Well, what's interesting is Monica is a business owner within our community, and she somehow, I don't even know how we became linked, because around Christmas time, everyone wants to help, right? right? And so I get all these Facebook messages and all of these, you know, wonderful people. I call them Christmas helpers, and so I have a spreadsheet, and they go on it. And one year, Monica, you know, said, hey, I can take a couple kids, and then it turned into, wait a second, let me help the entire family because you know we have programs within our community that help the kids, but no one helps the parents and no one helps you know, the family as a whole. That hurts my heart. And so Monica, every year now, will reach out to me about this time and she'll say, give me a whole family. So I try to find a family that's making some progress, that's really trying and could just use a break and she meets them where they are. Everything goes through our social workers, so it's not direct interaction, but she will hear, okay, we had one family, they needed dishes. They didn't have even a piece of art on the wall. She just helped them put together their apartment and make it into a home. And it just was so special. So this year, she's asked for two families instead of just one, so it's growing. And you know hopefully it will continue to grow because it's so whenever people see that someone that doesn't know them is investing in their well-being in their future and their success like you can't measure the impact that can have you just can't and we all literally can do something so how, how what would you tell people how do you start I would say, you know, within your community, obviously there are certain um, professions where they know the suffering, right? Um, Child protection is one of those. Um, A lot of people call and want to help our foster kids. Foster kids are okay. They Mm -hmm. have a support network of people who help. That's a good point. We we think about them like as mm -hmm, an outsider, right? We're not in your world. Because that's, and you know, child CPS has kind of a negative connotation at times, you know, because there are times we have to intervene and make sure kids are safe. But we also work with a lot of families and successfully close their case who could just use a helping hand from time to time. I mean, listen, kids don't have toothbrushes. We Mm -hmm. recently got a donation from the Dental Study Club, you know, brand new toothbrushes that we can take out. And when I started this job, it kind of made me grateful that I was born to parents who taught me how to brush my teeth, who taught me how you bathe every day, who taught me certain basic things that we just take for granted. So true. But there's a lot of kids out there that don't know these simple things. And they're excited to show you. I mean, when they're with you and you say, "Show me how you brush your teeth," they're so excited oh. over a toothbrush. Oh, so as a community, mm-hmm. what can we do?
0: Like, where, where, what do you, what, what does our community right mm-hmm. here? Mm-hmm. What do we need? Mm-hmm. I, I love what you said, and I think we should really talk about this for a minute, just mm-hmm. about how.
1: The first thing that I heard you say is don't make excuses. Don't, no, because, <laughs> listen, we can talk ourselves out of anything. Right. I can talk myself right into staying on my couch. Right. And not going out to find a cat or not go out and, you know, do A, B, C, D. What is it that gets you up, though, and, and gets you... There is, like, this innate thing in me, this voice that says, Get up, Kelly. You mm-hmm. can do more. And there is this thing, you know helpers sometimes feel guilt right we feel guilt when we put something else first over the helping Mm -hmm. like dinner with a friend we feel guilt because that's time we could have been but there's this really fine balance between taking care of yourself and taking care of others so it's just you know I think helpers guilt, and I think there's an official name for it it's a very (laughs) real thing I could see that Um, too because you can burn out Right, you can go so hard, and then you're just never caring for yourself, and you're depleted. Then you're no good to anyone. Well, is it? Do you ever feel discouraged, and what do you do to get mm-hmm. over that hump? I do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I would think so. Like, I
0: do. I think that's why I, I would think like for me, anyways. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest. Like, mm-hmm. I would have, I would talk myself out of being any kind of social worker mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I would think, oh my gosh, like I would be depressed all the time. Mm-hmm. So does that really happen?
1: Yes. I mean, we have social workers burnout. For me, I stay focused on this, and this has kind of been the thing that I have said since I decided to accept this job. If a child lives in it, I can walk into it, and I can sit there a while, and I can be comfortable, and I can learn what they need to improve it. You're
0: such a good human.
1: Oh, (laughs) You really are. There's a whole... There's a whole group of helpers in our community. There are people who do far more than I do. It's just, you know, when you meet them, it's magical. Yeah. So what What? what do we need to do? I think... think as, as a human uh-huh. race, really, like, oh. not, not just like... <laughs> well, I have thoughts about that. Okay. Um, number one, we need to not look away. Mm. Because... Face it, right? We do. And really talk about those issues. Yes. Which is
0: the whole purpose of this podcast, yeah. really, is yeah. to be authentic and real. Yes. And bring to light things that no one wants to talk about. Yes. Because that is real.
1: Yeah. Right? And if it makes you uncomfortable, if, if someone's suffering makes you uncomfortable, you need to explore that. Mm. Like, I have done so much self-reflection, and I am in no way a perfect human. And I in no way get it right all the time. I just don't. But... I challenge myself to put myself in situations where I'm not the most comfortable. There are things I've had to learn how to do just in the animal rescue world that I never would have thought I'd be out there doing. I mean, it's just, it's, it's wild. But then you also feel empowered. Yeah, you know what I think is so interesting is it seems really
0: noble. Like, I think, like, mm-hmm. you think about people who love animals will say, I love animals. Mm-hmm. And I work for, I, I, I rescue animals. It sounds so heroic. Mm-hmm. But the reality
1: is, it's ugly. It is. Oh, it is ugly. There is loss. There is, you know, there are times that you can't save them. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had law enforcement bring um, a kitten to my house found, you know, while they were out doing their job. And... I had to take it to the vet and hold it as it was mm-hmm. euthanized because, it, you know, there we've had a lot of loss, um, and that is the side of animal rescue that you don't always see and you don't always know. Um, what keeps you encouraged? The ones
0: that we save. Mm-hmm. I love time. that. That should be the focus. It's, it's true. The, the focus should
1: be on not what we can't mm-hmm. do, but yeah. what we can do. Oh, yeah, and and someone once told me, you know, instead of thinking – oh my gosh, I have to do this or I have to do that. You have to reframe it too. I get to. You know, like I'm fortunate that I have a job that I've been able to go to all through COVID, all through everything. You know, I get to. There are days it is hard. I tell my boss I quit often. (laughs) He doesn't accept it, but I do. I try. Um, But you just, you have to focus on what you get to do. And so if I get to be there for one person, one case, one child, one animal, in that moment, that's enough. And in that moment, that's fulfilling. Wow. Yeah. It's humanity. It really is. And, you know, it's uncomfortable and it's hard letting yourself feel what someone else feels we talked about that the other Mm -hmm. night just vulnerability yeah and how I think we're both we've both learned that a
0: lot like because I think that things happen in our lives as children and even Mm -hmm. as young adults that that cause us to build up walls Mm -hmm. and I know this is this is this is hard for me to even talk about but it's just real Mm -hmm. and I do it I built. I've built up mm-hmm. walls, and it's mm-hmm. very hard to like break through that barrier. Mm-hmm. And so, in the past, I've chosen to talk about and to reveal those things that don't look ugly, mm-hmm. or those things that yes. I'm comfortable with. But the truth is that if we're going to make a difference in the mm-hmm. world, we have to be vulnerable, mm-hmm. and we have to let down our guard enough to show the ugly side mm-hmm. and to show because, you know, we are. I believe we're molded and formed and shaped through mm-hmm. adversity. Mm-hmm. Oh. It,
1: no doubt. You know what I mean? Yes. And and,
0: and you, when you think back on your life and you're like, you know, if I don't share this, mm-hmm. then what's the mm-hmm. result? Okay, so mm-hmm. I continue to look like this princess movie star, mm-hmm. right? But that's mm-hmm. not
1: real. Mm-hmm. Well, you're showing people the filtered version. Mm. There's and a lot of that in today's yes. world. Yes, and that tells no one who you are. Mm. You know, I mean, those who know me and who are in my circle know that my childhood wasn't necessarily a storybook form like, you know, I had, I came here broken. Yes. Um, I remember that. Yes. Um, And it's about what you do next. And it's about the choices you make after that. And we, we really have to turn those things, those traumas, those experiences into ways that we help others. And we, we have to show it. I mean, there's a reason why when you're hurt, you have a scar. Mm. right? So the things that hurt your heart may not have the scar people can see, but that's what you have to show. That's what's the real important stuff.
0: It is. And I think that, you know, when we let those guards down and we become vulnerable Mm -hmm. and we share, Mm -hmm. um, I had someone tell me once, and I do believe this is true, that if you're dealing with something that's extremely hurtful to you, Mm -hmm. that it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to go talk about it right now. Mm -hmm. But when you get to a point where you can, Mm -hmm. you should.
1: Yes. My, I'm an advocate for therapy. I've been in therapy off and on. Um, I probably had like a 10-year gap I didn't go. And I've recently started back going because some things have been heavy with work and things like that. But my therapist taught me, does it need to be said? Right. And does it need to be said by me? Wow, and it, the answer to that—that's actually two, powerful. It really; is. those and, are
0: two very powerful questions, mm-hmm. and they're very different answers a lot
1: of times. Exactly right. You
0: know, and if they're the same, mm-hmm. then you do it. Mm-hmm.
1: You and, know, and I wish I could take my 20-year-old self and oh, just be like, "Me too." Honey, wait till you're 40, because your things are going to make sense. It's and so true. You're going to kind of have a clue, and then you're just going to live your authentic life and not care, because the things we think are so significant in our 20s oh my gosh. So and it's just like, I've learned the only thing I truly can control is how I react to something. Mm. And I just have to remember that. Like I have these things on repeat through my head all day. And like I said, don't get it right. Cause I'm, I got a little Leo fire in me <laughs> and I got a temper. Yeah. Like what you said before the podcast. Yeah. What yeah. did you say? Go ahead. Admit it. I can't. You told Go me. Go ahead. I, no, you can Edit that beep, out, beep, please. beep, please beat that.
0: <laughs>
1: I do. I'm so sorry.
0: But I love what you said about how um, you were like, I, I might cuss. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, gosh.
1: I'm trying. I'm the trying. last
0: podcast, it was like mostly cussing. And I was like, what? <laughs> I looked at Sammy and I was like, what are we going to do with that? And he was like, it's up to you. And I'm like, well, it's authentic, you know? But, um, yeah. you know, I loved what you said about cussing because mm-hmm. we all do it. Let's be for real. Right. Like, right. if we sit there and say... And it is a habit, like, so most of the time I don't, but I do sometimes, especially when it comes to like work and Uh I'm animated,
1: but I love what you said about how you you don't say it towards someone. Mm -mm. No, I will not use it towards someone, calling them a name or in like a derogatory way. It is more frustration cussing. That's what I do. And (laughs) that makes it okay. (laughs) (laughs) What is it about cussing that makes us go like, (sighs) ha Yeah. It literally relieves me for that moment. It's bizarre. It's it's, it, it's true. It I think, I, have in it my brain. I hate to admit that, you know, but it is true. Like, there's some sort of
0: relief in that. Yeah. Um. So I just want to tell you, just how incredibly proud I am of you, oh, Tracy. I really am. Like when I, when I think back to when I met you, mm-hmm. and you're right, you were mm-hmm. broken and confused. Yeah. And to and to fast forward to now, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I'm just sitting here in awe of you, going, "Wow." We all need to be like Kelly. We oh. need. <laughs> Maybe Maybe not literally like me. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Maybe absent the cussing. (laughs) No, no. That's real. Yeah. It's all right to be real. I still remember, and I was thinking about it this morning, the night that I met you, and I remember thinking she's someone I could be friends with. Mm. And, you know, when you move to a new town and you only know a couple people, that's significant. And I remember, because I had only brought this teeny tiny notepad to write on, (laughs) and um, we joked about my teeny tiny paper, and um, you just made me feel welcome from that first interaction. And that, my friend, is how important one connection is. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. I hope that I can be a friend to lots of people. Yes, I do too. And I think you are. I think you will be. Yeah. Gosh. (laughs) I'm super proud of you. I'm so (laughs) sorry. Thanks for making me cry. cry. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's not a good podcast if someone's not
0: crying. (laughs) That's really true. Um, Well, I just want to celebrate you and thank you so much. This this is not the last podcast we will do together. Oh, I have thoughts. Oh, me too, girl. And when we were at dinner the other night, I was like, (laughs) we need to talk about that. And we need to talk about that. (laughs) And we need to talk about that. And together, I think we can really make a difference. Yes. cheers.
1: Cheers. This is amazing. I love it so much.
0: That's a wrap on Spilling the Tea. Stay tuned for our next podcast.